So I got a judgment for $742,000 on me. I'm in my, you know, late twenties. Uh, things are not going well for me. Uh, I didn't build, I didn't, I didn't really set up the principles that I have now, uh, as a real estate entrepreneur, as just a business person. And so I failed big time. I failed. It was like falling into some quicksand and I kept, you know, sinking lower and lower and lower. And then finally was able to crawl out. And I was able to crawl out by learning how to wholesale real estate. And that's kind of where it's all led me up until, you know, the last five years, things have really exploded, but the wholesaling gave me the opportunity to get enough income to settle that judgment and get back on my feet and then start again, which, uh, you know, real estate is forgiving that way. Welcome to Grid Talk, a podcast about real estate entrepreneurs, visionaries, and the stories behind the legacies they're creating. I'm your host, Rob Chavez, and on today's episode, I've got Brett Daniels from Phoenix, Arizona, Mr. TTP himself, Talk to People. If you haven't had a chance to go watch Brent's YouTube channel, you have to. It's all about wholesaling and about wealth building. Two thumbs up, Brent. Now, what I love even more than his channel, though, is his story. It's what happened to him as he kind of went through this journey. You see, in his early 20s, he's crushing it. And by his mid to late 20s, you know, he decides that he wants to expand. And just as he started this expansion, the real estate market in Phoenix crashed and he was left holding the bag. He had personally guaranteed leases on commercial real estate. And so, you know, a year later, here he is with a $700,000 judgment, no cars, only a bicycle to kind of like get back and forth from work. I mean, times were tough, but wholesaling, right? More, most importantly, talking to people got him out of that hole. Here's the story of Brett Daniels and how he's been able to build an empire from that very moment. What's up, Grid? Guess what? Today I got Brett Daniels, Mr. TTP himself from Phoenix, Arizona. Brett, man, I, I, I'm honored to have you on our Grid Talk podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. It is an absolute, this is my pleasure. It is an absolute honor to be on here. Uh, of the 15,000 members that you have in the Grid Investor Network, I am saying hello to all of you guys. And without a doubt, um, follow what we're talking about in this podcast because 100%, if I can do this business, if I can be a real estate entrepreneur and investor, so can you without a doubt because i've made every mistake and uh i'm here to tell you that um or i'm here to help you avoid a lot of those and kind of streamline the process for you so i'm excited about this podcast i'm excited about this conversation that rob and i are going to have so let's uh let's rock and roll rob awesome man hey well you you let it at, you led in perfectly because one of the things that I believe is that people learn through stories, right? Especially understanding somebody's journey uh, into this business. And I really don't know that much about your origin story. You know, I met you in Tulum, Mexico. Uh, I'm like, oh my God, here's Mr. TTP. But Daniels is just crushing it on YouTube, right? And, uh, and but, but I'd love to learn more about your story, man. So take me back, right? Like, how did you yeah. get in this? in the first place. 
Well, you know what, Rob, I think it all starts with that, you know, fire in our belly that we all have, right? Anybody listening to this or watching this or whatever else, we're just different. We have different brains. We don't, you know, you you grow up, you're in a row in school, and then you're in a row in college, and then you're in a row in your work, and the people watching and listening to this are either really sick of that or never want to do that in the first place. So I think it first just starts with my brain was just wired a little bit different. Um, my parents growing up said, you know, if you play sports, you don't have to get a job. So I would always play sports, and I've never had a job, Rob. I, I really haven't. Um, which led to going to college, which led to my best friend when I was 20, 21 years old, 20, 21 years old, gave me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And that was like, oh, okay, I finally found a home. It's called real estate investing. And I need to be able to do that. So went and in college, got my real estate license, because that's what I thought you had to do to be a real estate entrepreneur. And uh, it gave me a really good opportunity to understand the language of real estate. But you know, as well as I do, they don't teach lead generation or conversion or sales or any of those things. They teach you, they educate you, they don't instruct you. So I uh, just became a real estate agent. And it was 2004, 2005. I'm, I'm, I'm like mushy brained, bright eyed, just going out there getting listings, doing, you know, working with buyers. It's like the best market ever. And then obviously that crashed and, uh, and crashed me big time. I got over my skis way too much with mm. uh, expenses, personal and business, and uh, ended up signing an office lease, Rob, for a 9,000 square foot office that I was going to build this mega, mega brokerage. And <laughs> I signed a personal guarantee in January oh. of 2008 in uh, August of 2008, the economic world melted and I was stuck. They slapped me with the remaining 10-year lease. That's the crazy thing about a lease. If you don't pay for it, they sue you. So I got a judgment for $742,000 on me. I'm in my you know late 20s. Uh, things are not going well for me. Uh, I didn't build, I didn't, I didn't really set up the principles that I have now, uh, as a real estate entrepreneur, as just a business person. And so I failed big time. I failed. It was like falling into some quicksand and I kept, you know, sinking lower and lower and lower. And then finally was able to crawl out and I was able to crawl out, um, by learning how to wholesale real estate. And that's kind of, you know, where it's all led me up until, you know, the last five years, things have really exploded. But uh, the wholesaling got me the gave me the opportunity to get enough income to uh, to get to, to settle that judgment and get back on my feet and then uh, and then start again, which, uh, you know, real estate is forgiving that way. Brent, you know, you you because uh, you have a lot of passion, you got a lot of energy like you. You described that time and it sounded positive. Right. And yet I know I know that that was had to have been incredibly difficult, dark yeah. times. Right. I mean, you're in your late 20s. You get slapped with this judgment like you've got every intent of like setting the world on fire. And then you're saying what I'm, I'm guessing you were like, what happened? Right. The rug got yeah. pulled up from under you. I mean, talk to me yeah. about that. Well, I know what happened. I mean, I knew at the time what was happening. It was just your ego gets fed. And that was the biggest thing. You know, I thought that if I could show that I was successful, if I could be around enough people, if I could be in front of enough people, if I could 
um, start doing deals that brought in good income here and there, that uh, that's success. That was it. And, and be able to show that off, buy the Mercedes, buy the million dollar house, buy the Range Rover. Uh, mm -hmm. And you're right, Rob, it was an absolute nightmare. It's the closest that I ever came to depression. Mm -hmm. um, and it was dark. It was a really, really like literally dark. Like, you know, when you like go into your house and you like close all the blinds and you just like ball up. Well, I did that for like 18 months. Like for real, it was, mm -hmm. it was totally different than, than the person I am today. Um, and I just hid, I hid for a while. And, um, you know, after losing the houses and losing the cars and getting a divorce, during mm. this time, mm. Uh, mm. all of a sudden, you know, you're at rock bottom. And I was riding around on my bicycle, right? Mm. Didn't have the Mercedes, didn't have the Range Rover. I had my bicycle because I couldn't afford to fix um, the old car that my dad gave me after it all came crashing down. So I was literally like, it's Wednesday afternoon in Phoenix. It's like 103 degrees and I'm just riding around the streets on a bicycle. You know what I mean? It was just mm. a bad bad time rob so yeah um, had had to hit rock bottom to 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 be able to pull myself back up well let's i mean it takes it 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 takes a champion right yeah. to pull yourself out of that because so many people you know they just they just stop right and they say you know what it, i wasn't meant to be a real estate entrepreneur i'll go work for the man i'll go do right but something kept you going and then how, I mean, how did you dig yourself out of that? Yeah, it was really interesting, Rob. So in, um, in Phoenix, like we took a big hit in, in, in a lot of the markets. I mean, we, it went down like 70% and the um, REOs were huge, right? The, the foreclosure properties for anybody that's yep. familiar, REOs, real estate owned. That's when the bank takes back the property. Well, what the bank does is then they get uh, certain real estate agents to evaluate the property, uh, clean out the property and list those properties. Well, one of my friends, one of, one of the, one of my friends that actually was one of my um, agents at my old brokerage that I created, he, he was like, Hey, listen, I'm listing all these properties. We need somebody to take the sign calls on these foreclosure properties. Mm. And I was like, huh, mm. wow, this is going to be a fist fight. This is going to be a lot of work, right? Mm -hmm. And that's all I did. I, you know, and I was like, okay, great. So the calls would be coming in. I would be answering them at the office and running all over town seven days a week uh, showing these properties whether people mm -hmm. were qualified or not qualified or whatever else, you know, I, I, I had to kind of, you know, keep the customer service high and the enthusiasm high and go out and, and sell these properties. And uh, it worked out well, you know, you, you, if you're around enough people, you're going to do some deals. And so I kind of was scratching and clawing my way out that way. And then obviously, you know, as 2000, 10 and 11 start slowing down those REOs, I had to figure out something else. And that's when I found out that I could um, just drive down the streets in really popular areas here in Phoenix, write down the addresses of the, the ugliest houses on the street. And at the time, my brokerage had a LexisNexis account. 
which is essentially mm -hmm. something called skip tracing, which means you mm -hmm. upload the address and they give you the phone number. And then I would call up the phone. I would call up the uh, the owners and see if they would consider an offer on their property. And it just started rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. And then all of a sudden, um, you know, now. You know, we have a, a, a business that over the past four years has done, you know, over a million two in earned income and I keep 40 percent of it. So and I work about two hours a week in the business. So it's uh, it's been an incredible ride from a real estate standpoint, but it took a lot of, uh, of digging and getting out of that um, and, and, and building the momentum to be able to to be where I'm at now. You know, the best learning happens, you know, in that fight. In, in, in like in the trenches in that fight i mean i remember that time in our area and it, it, you know phoenix got hit like like the worst in the country right let's just be honest like the worst in the country and you know in this area there was pockets and it was like armageddon like every sign in the yard was a foreclosure short sale yep and i you know i i know like it was like you said a fist fight right there's so much, like you probably built your list. You probably built relationships during that time, right? You you got access to all these people that wanted this inventory and you pivoted, like you had the pivot. So what I'm hearing is you pivoted, you, you, you handled the market of the moment. And then, and then you, then you said, you know what? I could drive for dollars, right? I always yeah. tell people like driving for dollars is the most basic, like easiest way to do this right mm -hmm. and just create a list of houses that look like they need some love and then and then call them right yep. but most people are too scared to call yes right yeah right and so i know you're talk to people right this That's is it. like this so how did how did that come about right like what what did that look like? I mean, you 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 obviously you you could, maybe you never were afraid of the phone, or maybe you maybe you were, and you had to get yourself over the fear. I, for somebody that's got doubt right now, right? What advice would you give them? I love it. Yeah, I absolutely like. And let me just rewind. Let me get in the DeLorean and time travel a little bit, and and put put us right before I was starting to make the calls and driving for dollars. I was like. Okay, I'm doing okay, but I'm paying off all these debts. So I wasn't I wasn't keeping a lot of money. It wasn't like I had a big budget to market. So I was like, you know what? Let's I'm I'm gonna go into these neighborhoods that are around our brokerage. It was a good popular area, Arcadia here in Phoenix. And I was just door knocking and seeing if people would, you know think about selling their properties, would consider an offer, whatever else. And that's when the, the a gal at the end of the street, she didn't want to sell her house, but she gave me the phone number. She said she was a caretaker of a property four houses down and it's vacant. And she's like, let me go in, let me talk to the owner and get the permission to get the phone number. So she gave me the phone number. I called her, got the deal and it was fantastic. And I was like, all I need is a name, address and phone number. If I have the name, address, and phone number of the, the properties that need the most love in my community, I am going to make an absolute fortune. I know I'm going to make a fortune. I know I'm going to find opportunities. Doors are going to open wide up, and that's exactly what happened. That's all you need. Listen, if you have enough quality conversations with distressed property owners, you will win. It is impossible to lose. I don't care if you're stumbling and fumbling and screwing it all up. If they are motivated, it is really hard to screw it up. 
if you enter their life, if you're being proactive and you enter the lives of these people that are distressed for whatever reason, whether it's the condition of their property, whether it's some emotional reason or financial reason, whatever their distress, Rob, you know this. If you can have that quality conversation and find out four things, four things about their property and their situation, you are going to win. And those four things we call the four pillars of pre-qualifying, and that is the condition of the property, their timeline to sell that property, their motivation or their problem, and their price. If you get those four things on a property that needs substantial rehab or just upgrading, you have a high likelihood of getting that opportunity and solving the problem of that property. And that's what Did you, all wholesaling is. You know, it's interesting. I, um, over the weekend, I was, I was, I was watching your YouTube channel, right? And I love, I love how you dissect the calls, right? Yeah. Dude, it is so powerful because I was like, okay, this is a for real guy. There's lots of people out there that are like high level conceptual thinking, but until you've been in it and understand like how to open correctly, right? Mm -hmm. How to probe correctly, tonality, right? Yep. Inflection of voice. Like people don't know this unless they played the game, right? Mm -hmm. And and I remember I learned this early on because I, I strapped myself a headset on, put myself in a little room and just started dialing and realized, Oh, as soon as I opened up with the line, hi, this is Rob with the Keller Williams Realty. How are you today? Click. I was like, okay, can't do that, right? But yet those are the old scripts that they give you, yeah. right? They give yeah. you that, right? Instead, it was like, you know, I would learn little things like acting confused. Um, I'm not sure if I had the right number. Is this, is this Brent, yeah. right? And they'd be like, yes, who's this? And then like, we're in the conversation, right? I'd be like, oh, awesome. I'm glad I got, I got you, right? Create curiosity. So anyhow, yeah. unless you've been in it, right? You you don't know those things. I could, I when I was watching, I was like, okay, this guy's been in it. So I'm curious, right? Mm -hmm. right? How many of those phone calls did you make? And did you understand, like, did you start learning what your numbers were along yeah. the way? Like, yeah, talk, talk a little bit about that. I have personally talked to 45,000 homeowners. Wow. Okay, that's like literally on the phone three hours a day for like eight years all right just under eight years and it was just call and call and call and call and figure out and what i figured out is you have five seconds on on a on a cold opening when you're just calling up a stranger you have five seconds to get the next 30 seconds mm -hmm. and most of that has to do with your tone and mm -hmm. if you go in with uh mr or mrs or sir or ma'am or if you're very formal boom they're done if you go in and uh, you're too aggressive, boom, they're done. If you go in timid, they're done. You can go in with a great, you know, curious tone. That's fantastic. But the most important thing is you got to sound like a neighbor. You got to sound like they've already <laughs> talked to you. Hey, Rob, how are you? Oh, this is great. My name is Brent Daniels. I know this call is completely out of the blue, but I was calling a pro about a property I believe you own on 1212 Banana Street. Yeah, what about it? Boom. <laughs> Listen, Rob, then you ask them if they would consider an offer in their property, and then they only give you six responses. There's only six responses that people will give you if you ask them if they would consider an offer in their property. And I challenge everybody to go out and just ask people. Just ask people in the street. Ask people at the grocery store. Ask people at a barbecue. And, uh, you know, ask people that have distressed properties 
that you pick up the phone and call them and ask them, and they're either going to say, yes, they do want to sell. No, they don't want to sell. They're thinking about it in the future. Maybe they want to sell. How much will you give me is the fourth one. Who are you and how'd you get my number? Those are the mm-hmm. six. Those are the six responses that you're going to get. Some variation of that, right? Some variation of that is, is are the six responses that you're going to get. And if you know how to, how to respond to those responses, you can keep the conversation flowing and opening up. And the longer you keep them on the phone, the long the the more you're gonna get to know them and the more comfortable they're gonna they're gonna start taking down that force field that we naturally all put up and they're gonna start melt that's gonna start melting and you're gonna have a good, honest conversation and see truly if they have a problem that you can solve. That's how you that's how you get discounted properties. And I hesitate. I say discounted properties, Rob, because I think it's the most digestible, but mm-hmm. really it's we're not getting discounted properties. We're the buyers. If unless anybody, if anybody's confused, let me let me just clear the air right now. In any transaction between a buyer and a seller, it's not the appraiser that determines the value. It's not the market. It's not the seller. It is a ready, willing, and able buyer. Now, if I want to buy a property at and you want to buy it at $90,000, they can sell it to you for $90,000. But if you're not there, if I'm the only one that they're working with and they want, and and I say it's worth $80,000 to me, that's what it's worth. Okay. It's not stealing equity. It's not doing any of that because I'm buying properties at a discount because of the, the, because of what the, first of all, what the seller wants, right? What they're willing to accept. And second, the potential equity is in there if it needs significant rehab. It's not like it's got all this equity because the neighbors are selling for more. A lot of these properties are damaged and they need they need renovation. And, and you're renovation. solving problems, right? Yep. I find you're solving problems. So let's yep. go back in that DeLorean again. Okay, we're going to go back in time. Let's go. And, and here you are, right? You're driving for dollars. You're noting it down. You realize, listen, I don't have a big marketing budget, so... I, you know, I need a name, I need a phone number, maybe an email address, you know, the address, and I'm going to go, address. Yeah. right? Just get, and, I, I, and, and I'm going to make that call and I'm going to, I'm going to have these conversations that we're talking about, right? And yep. so you were in the trenches, eight years, 45,000 calls, right? And, um, and you worked yourself out of this hole, right? Let's go back to that hole. It was a big freaking hole, right? Yep. Little by little, you had to chip away at it, right? What kept you going, man? Like so many people would have said, okay. I mean, they would have thrown in the towel. People would have thrown well, in the towel. Here, or, maybe, the or maybe that was never an option. No, well, first of all, it started, you know, <laughs> if you want to plant your feet on something, rock bottom's pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. I, that's, that might sound cheesy or whatever, but it's the absolute truth. When you don't have other options or when you don't, uh, feel like you have other options when you feel like you have a certain passion for something um, and you know that you can do it. You just need to put in the work. Um, you stick with it. Right. So I, I just stuck with it in the beginning. And then an interesting thing happened. And this is something that if anybody's talked to a lot of strangers or, or picked up the phone and called a lot of people will realize is you actually get energizing enthusiasm for making these calls. The idea that I can go and from my kitchen table or my countertop in my in in my kitchen or from my 
office bedroom, tiny little office bedroom, I could pick up the phone and that could turn into $10,000, $20,000, $50,000 on one conversation. That's exciting. Yeah. That's really, yeah. really exciting. And then when you actually do it, Rob, what happens is, and you know as well as I do, the first time that you close a deal that you make over forty, fifty thousand dollars, and it's in your account, and you're looking at it on your computer or on your phone, your brain breaks. I mean, literally, your brain—it's <laughs> different. Your brain, the, the brain chemistry, your brain chemistry is just different. Now, all of yeah. a sudden. You're not worried about these little things and you're not thinking about doing deals that make you three, five, ten thousand. You're saying, I need to make that. How do I get that $75,000 deal? I bet I could do a hundred thousand dollar deal. And then you go, you know what? Why don't we go for a clean quarter million dollar deal? All of a sudden, your brain starts thinking bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're not just, you know, keeping your head above water, you're doing something special. And that all comes with that energy. It all comes with energy. And that's yeah. what people don't, you know, a lot of people just don't get, Rob. I mean, a lot of people think it's like uh, uh, time management. No, 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 no. It's not time management. It's got to be priority management. No, 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 no. It's not priority management. It's truly energy management. You could have all the priorities in the world, but if you're asleep, you're asleep. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's energy management. How are you managing your energy? And, you know, you get to the point where you realize that you can push so hard that you don't have to do anything that drains you of energy mm. really professionally now kids mm -hmm. and life everything else that's a whole different thing but professionally you can get to a point uh and that's what i want for everybody listening and watching is where you are doing things that um that are energizing to you and it's not draining your energy and that's what happened that's the that's the that's the long version of why did you call so many people didn't you want to stop is no it was energizing it was exciting it was it's you know, what other what other business is there where you can just call somebody up, one, solve their problem or they're hugging you and sending you Christmas cards at the end of it. And two, you're making thirty, forty thousand um, dollars selling these properties. I mean, it's it's incredible. It's incredible. OK. So you you connected those dots, right? You had success. You connected those dots and you've trained how many people now? Like that? Well, thousands of people because, you know, people are online. So I'm sure, how do you help? There's people on here yes. that are wired differently, right? They yes. might be in the disc like profile, a, might be, you know, uh, I don't know, an SC right? or something like that, mm -hmm. um, or a CS. And, and they're like, Brent, I can't call anybody, right? Yeah. And maybe, and maybe, and, and, so, and that, you know, they won't respond to what you're saying, but maybe you can take an SD or a CD type of personality and, and somehow rewire that brain. You know, what, you know, have you, have you run across this where people come into you, they say they want something and then they, but they're not willing to pay the price to, to yeah. do it. And then how do well, you, coach yeah. Yeah. The, the interesting thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I've, I've personally coached like personally in my phone, have in my phone, the phone numbers of 2000 students around the country and the interesting thing is, Rob, and it goes back to, to my origin story, our brains are built differently. It is. I mean, we just are. If you're in real estate and you're afraid of talking to people, it's going to be a tough road, okay? Because yeah. unless you start inventing something, right, unless you're doing the operations, 
you know, you're the integrator of some sort. Uh, but the fact is, if you want to make the most and keep the most and build your 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 wealth the fastest it, as a real estate entrepreneur, you have to talk to people. So either yeah. you accept that fact or you and 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 challenge yourself. And it's exciting. It doesn't have to be like you know hard. It can be switch that word to stimulating. It's just stimulating. It's a different. It's stimulating to go out there and talk to a stranger and get rejected, to, to understand the way that you're communicating, to understand your tone of voice and your pacing and the words that you're saying. That's I mean, that's an exciting project that people can work on. You know, it's not like a you know, this is my job. How about it be a project? How about instead of hard, it be stimulating? Right. I mean, it's all. Yeah, you're, I, dude, that's what I'm talking about right there. That's what I'm talking. It's all about perspective. It's yep. what you say to yourself, right? When you're by yourself, what's his name? He says that all the time, but it's what you say to yourself. It's like how you interpret that. Yep. Um, and if you if you use the word stimulating versus hard, yep. that's one way to look at it. Also, if you think you're going into the call hoping to sell somebody, that feels one way versus I'm going into the call looking to help somebody. That's, that's another thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it really is a mind game. Right. And you need to understand how your mind works and what's going to work to give you that, that, that zeal, that zest, that juice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To move it forward. And that's, so what, that's what I say with confidence. Anybody can do this because the mm -hmm. fact is the people that are, that, that would never, ever, ever, you know, pick up and talk to a stranger and go and communicate and want to solve problems in their community would never hear the words that I'm saying right now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I, they just won't. They, they're they focused on doing something else. You know, they're focused on uh, being a teacher or being a professor or being a doctor or nurse or whatever else. There's a bazillion different, you know, industries that people can go into that does, it isn't real estate. But the fact is, um, in real estate, you got to talk to people. You got to talk yeah. to people all day long. You got to talk to people as often as possible. You got to get really good at talking to people. And that's what I teach. And that's what I coach. And that's what I encourage. And, uh, and, and listen, I've had people that were deathly afraid of, of, of talking to anybody or rejection or anything turn out to be absolute superstars because they mm -hmm. knew they have that fire in their belly, Rob. They just haven't been challenged enough. And they wanted that. They wanted to be stimulated by something like this. And and it's exciting. And pushed. Yeah, pushed. Yep. And people people need that, like a good coach, right? Um, athletic coach is going to push you or your football coach is going to push you, right? Yeah, so, you can't coach the uncoachable. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. We're just a different breed. We have different brains that say, you know what? I don't want to fit into this box. Mm -hmm. I want to be creative. I want to mm -hmm. be – I want to be able to be in control, Right. I want to be in control of my life and what's going on and the things that I can do and not do. And I don't want to ask permission for things all the time uh, to, to be able to do that. And you do that. You earn that right by talking to enough people and solving their problems. Well, you, you said something that I think is uh, powerful. I want people to hear. Right. So it sounds like you stay within your energy zone now and you've outsourced everything else. So talk a little bit about that. Right. Um, you know, it sounds like you scaled your your wholesale business to operate yep. with possibly a leader or a marketing machine. And you were able then to say, OK, I'm going to continue 
being an entrepreneur within my space and you have this coaching platform, that's part of it, but you had to learn how to delegate, how to leverage, how to coach, train, develop. So talk a little bit about that. Like how, how did you make that transition? Why did you make that transition? Yeah, you know, I mean, because by the way, Brent, because there are people out there that say, I want something bigger, better. I want to be in 10 different markets as a wholesaler, or I want to do a thousand units. But you know, what I find is sometimes more deals doesn't mean more money, right? Level oh. complexity goes, right? So you probably found a sweet spot, I'm thinking, yeah. right? So yeah, yeah. let's have that yeah. business conversation. This is something like, you really need to take this to heart. This is real, real, real here. Uh, real important. Uh, you need to take the money. You, you need to scrape off your profit to yourself first. Okay. What I'm saying is your expenses come, you have your income, and then you need to set a goal for what you want your personal income to be. Right. So if it's 20,000 a month, 40,000 a month, a hundred thousand dollars a month, great. It's there. Then your expenses come in. So what's your capacity to do it by yourself? I, I, I highly suggest you push it as far as you can so you can keep as much money as you can. And then start leveraging the expertise of other people that are, that are smarter than you in certain things, whether it be operations, whether they just be better salespeople, whether it be people that are better at um, you know, working the exit strategies when it comes to your real estate investment, whatever it is, right? Um, but you need to make sure that you're taking the money home because if you don't take the money home, what happens, Rob, and you know this as well as I do, and, and probably a lot of people listening, you build up this nice, he healthy, heavy bank account for your business. And then you set your, your income at like $7,500 to $10,000 a month. And then all of a sudden you're feeling real good with this business money. And it almost feels like monopoly money. It's not real. You can just go willy nilly with it. You start expanding too far. You start getting these big ideas. You're not having really good sound financial principles behind it. You're going off of hope and not off of fact of what's going on in your business. And all of a sudden that account drains, you don't have any in your personal, and now you gotta keep, on, you're staying on that treadmill. So what I'm saying is set a personal goal for how much money you wanna take home and then start building your team from there. That's the first yeah, thing. The dude, thing I think is. that's awesome. I right. think that's awesome, right? I, I've definitely I've definitely been on that other side where, where I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna continue investing in this thing and not taking enough off the table, right? Yeah. So super wise. That's not our business. Listen, we are not, we're not selling this business. Okay. You're not creating a wholesaling business and you're going to franchise it out. Maybe, but most people aren't. You're not going to get a home flipping business that you sell to somebody else, right? You're just not. Okay. So stop thinking that that's the, the master plan is to sell this franchise of doing this. It's not rocket science. If there's a ugly property, have a conversation with the owner and get a deal. Boom. There's your franchise. I mean, that's, it's not that tough. Right. Mm -hmm. So we use this business as as income generating so that we can put into assets and not just be uh, not just spend that money. We invest that money into assets, grow our wealth. And that's how we do some special things long term. It's not just, you know, take the take this money, hoard it here, get 20 people on my team. So it looks awesome and badass. And like, look how great of a leader I am. I must be an amazing person when you're taking home less than uh, a server 
at a high-end restaurant is taking home. You know what I mean? Plus you have way more stress. Plus you have the financial responsibilities of all these people and their families in your hands. <laughs> and, 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 and you're, you're, you're not making enough to, to really do anything special with you and for, for you and your family. Yeah, it's so, interesting. I call it the income flip, right? I said, you you generate this cash machine, whether you're a wholesaler or you're an agent or you're running a construction business, it's all earned income, right? Yep. And and the idea is to take that money and buy long-term assets, right? Uh, real estate assets is what I, I, I love to do. I was a collector. I, I started collecting in 1999, right? Um so it started collecting, and in 2008, like honestly, it was interesting, Brett. Like in 2008, when the market crashed, I was just a buyer. I was buying, Incredible. right? And I Incredible. and I look back, I look back and say, I'm so glad I did that, because then starting in maybe 2011, 2010, I started saying, okay, I'm going to build this cash machine, the agent arm, right? And it produces really good earned income, but but right. You soon realize, hey, man, this thing where you really made your money is when you bought those assets and you've held those assets and the tenants have paid them down over time. And, you know, if I had not done that, could I could look at the agent business and say, you know what, it's, you know, I made good living, but really where I've made a good life is in owning assets over time, right? Yep. And as a, you know, as a wholesaler, I think, People can get caught in that trap too, not just agents, but wholesalers. You make really good money doing it. Put it this way: I know some of the largest wholesalers in this area who don't own any assets. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah now they make great living, right? Yeah. Um, but they don't. And so I, you know, it's if anybody's hearing this, like it's like buy things, hold them for long periods of time, have other people pay them off. Create a cash machine, and and uh, and pay yourself first, right? That's like, it. Yeah, you just don't listen. Quality conversations with distressed property owners. Keep the money you make and invest it instead of spend it. There's there's the book. <laughs> there's the book. There it is. Three sentences. You know what yeah. I mean? Like honestly, if if people just make it simple, it, it can be really, really, really impactful. It doesn't have to be complicated. It really doesn't have to be complicated. And the best investors that I know around the country, the best wholesalers that I know around the country, the best entrepreneurs that I know around the country, they keep it very simple. They keep it very, very, very simple. They take the profits and they buy assets. I mean, I that's it. financial literacy 101. So how do you keep your energy up? <laughs> well, again, Rob, I do stuff like this. Like, this is exciting. Like, mm -hmm. you know, one is, um, I don't even know if this is a humble brag. This just might be a brag, but I, I am a magnet for really awesome people. You know, I, I have some amazing people that I work with, the best of the best. Um, I've got my best friends that are my acquisition manager and my disposition manager, like my college roommates, right? That's they were awesome. never in the industry. They were never in this industry. And I pulled them in uh, and their and one of their wives, right? That's, that's my real estate team. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've got an incredible team on the coaching side that 
um, is just referrals of referrals. And, and I work with my best friend on that as well. So it's just, you know, I, I, I just pull in really talented people that understand that I've got a passion and I've got the energy and enthusiasm. And if you have that, um, you're like Magneto, you're a, ma you're a magnet for, for all these people. And uh, it's wildly rewarding to spend your time with the people that you love the most and you guys are all doing uh, exceptional financially. So it's just, it's incredible. And that's, that's not just my business. That's the, that's the business we're in. That's being a real estate entrepreneur. That's the dream. That's why, you know, when, when certain people read rich dad, poor dad, or think and grow rich, or some of these other things or they have a rich uncle that was in investing, or they listen to a podcast, or they find some way they stumble onto it on YouTube and it clicks in their brain. That's the, that's, that's the goal. That's the dream. Be surrounded by people that you love and make a ton of money. You yeah. know, I mean, it's, uh, it's incredible. And, and you, you give yourself a lot of quality time too. It seems like, right. Yeah. Yep. Um, because I remember when I was talking to you and you were like, yeah, man, I, I, you know, I work Tuesdays, Wednesdays, yep. Thursdays. Yep. And, and then I, I have a great team that takes care of everything else. And I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah. talk to me, sensei. <laughs> well, you know, listen, a lot of people like a lot of people like staying busy. I like just, you know, getting in and, and, and having a really nice tight schedule that's action packed, filled with a lot of stuff that I want to do, all the stuff that I want to do. And uh, but it hasn't always been like that, Rob. I mean, I, sure. I don't want to I don't want to disillusion anybody. It, it took a long time and a lot of hours to get to this point. But the beautiful thing is in this business, I mean, you can make something incredible happen within five years and, and then really set yourself up for the next 50 years. Um, if you really, really work at it, if you really are, are, are focused and, um, and, and it's been great, especially, you know, with young kids and, uh, a wife that loves to travel. And, um, so it's, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's an incredible, I feel I very, very, very fortunate. I think the biggest thing is you get to build your life. Yeah. Whatever life you decide to have, right? And don't play the comparison game because you, you just never know, right? You just build your life, right? And, um, you know, it took, it was interesting because for a long time, people would say to me, so what's your hobby? Because I work like all the time <laughs> in this business, right? And I'm like, dude, I, I felt really bad because I was like, I love business yeah. and I love this business. So my mind is constantly, you know, different angles of this business. And, and finally I was like, no, I just, I just got to settle into the fact that this is like, I'm wired this way. I love this. I need my like, you know, camping time, my hiking time. Like I need that. But for the most part, I mean, my brain's always in this game because I love this game. Right. Yep. Um, you know, I remember you know, I did how fun is that. How fun is that, Rob? I mean, like you're creating something. I mean, you're always being creative. You're always using that part of our brain that most people just let atrophy. Um, and it's it's wonderful. I think that that's incredible. Listen, I say that I, I come into the office Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. OK, mm -hmm. listen, as an entrepreneur, we're always on. We're always sure. thinking, sure. we're always doing stuff. We're always responding to texts and emails and calls and all sorts of things. That doesn't mean that I don't have an unbelievable amount of time to spend uh, focused on the family and focused on my own entertainment or or uh, growth or evolution or whatever else. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
We, we have 168 hours in a week. I mean, come on. There is plenty of time for everything. I don't care if you work 80 hours a week. There's still so much time. If you, if you get real efficient, and that's why I say, listen, if you want to be, if you really want control of your schedule, you got to be proactive. If you want to be proactive, then you've got two choices for lead generation when it comes to real estate. You can knock doors or you can pick up the phone and make calls. There you go. So then people go, well, I don't want to knock doors. It's like 30 below outside or 130 outside. You know, I don't want to knock doors. Well, then get on the phone, make the calls. So now what you, you, you make calls from nine to noon. Guess what? You have conversations with people from nine to noon. You're not waiting. You're not getting calls all the time from people, you know, you know, coming in from like marketing. So now you've yeah. got control of your schedule. Now you do your you, you have lunch from 12 to 1215. You do lead follow from 1215 to one. And then one to five, you're on appointments, locking up deals or you're driving for dollars. That is the perfect real estate schedule. It is. That's my schedule. That was my schedule for like a decade. Right. You hunt in the morning and you gather yeah. in the afternoon. Right. Yeah. The mornings for finding business, the afternoons for doing business. And then you do that five days a week. By the way, that takes 40 hours yeah. of your of your 168 hours in a week. And then the rest of the time is up to you. What do you want to do with it? What what, yeah, what, are, what do you want to do? What gives you energy? Okay, that's awesome. Um, OK, some final questions. Yes. What would your you know, what is yourself today, right? Tell your younger self. Like I would you, say that uh, until you are making 30000 net to you in your account, $30,000 a month for three straight months, don't hire anybody. That's something I learned from Sean Terry. Incredible advice. Mm -hmm. um, I would mm -hmm. say that you need to talk to at least a thousand people and ask them if they would consider an offer on their property before you hire anybody else to do that on your team. Mm -hmm. And I would say that um, buy properties in good school districts mm -hmm. with good appreciation that are in decent shape and you're going to be really, really successful. Yep. It's such a good plan. It's yeah. such a good plan, right? I yeah. love that. Great advice. Okay, well, how can, if anybody's interested in learning more, right, how do they find you? Where, what, you know, we'll, we'll make sure we put all your social handles, you know, awesome. and, and, and website and all that. But is it, you know, what site do they go to? Can they go to one site? Yeah. So, I mean, TTP, like talk to people, insider, ttpinsider.com has an incredible resources and and tools and training in there and then um the wholesaling inc podcast is mm. phenomenal people are interested in learning more about wholesaling i'm on there tuesdays and thursdays but the rest of the coaches on there are absolutely phenomenal and then i've got a youtube channel at you just type in brent daniels uh b-r-e-n-t daniels on uh into youtube and you'll find it awesome brother any question that I haven't asked you that you feel I should be asking you? Well, the, the, the interesting thing is before we jumped on here, you were talking about your, your investor network, the grid investor network and the chapter leaders. I'm telling you guys, if you guys and Rob's got something phenomenal here, he broke it all down. It's exactly, it's like my dream. It truly is. He's got something absolutely incredible 
uh, chapter leaders, if you don't have one in your market or whatever, and you're thinking that you want to be the guy or gal in your market that people bring deals to, you have got to pound the door down and you need to get Rob convinced because he's only going to take the best of the best. You got to convince Rob that you should be a chapter leader in your market because I'm telling you, it is a million, multi-million dollar opportunity. I am telling you, I this is my dream. I'm telling you, Rob, you hit it. You hit it right between the eye. I mean, bullseye, man. Absolutely incredible. Um, so anybody out there that's interested in like really building something that lasts in their market and really making a difference in their community needs to talk to uh, to Rob about uh, being a chapter leader because Brent, you I, I somebody else you will, and you're going to kick yourself. Yeah, no, I appreciate you saying it. it's it's interesting because you know it only came out of the fact that like I realized, dude, it's like I became a magnet in my market to have deals come to me, right? It was it was crazy. And 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 then people saw that and they started approaching me and I turned down the first two. I was like, nah, I'm too busy. And, and then I was like, why, why, why wouldn't we just help people do this? Right. Because it's yeah. um it's been a blessing for us for sure. I mean I built our entire team off of it. Right. Yep. And yep. and it's since grown in different directions. Uh, but this is this is my number one love and passion. So I appreciate you saying I love that. It. Yeah. I love it. Awesome. Cool. Well, Mr. Brent Daniels, Mr. TTP, man, I appreciate it. I uh, I learned a lot. Can I, I bring this members off here? What's that? Can I ring this bell before I jump? Dude, off ring the bell. Listen, give everybody a little energy before we get out here. This is the celebration uh, bell. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ring this for everybody that reaches out to Rob and talks about being a chapter leader because you, you are going to win big time. <laughs> Dude, I appreciate it. Anyway, my Thank you, Rob. I mean, uh, yeah, one of the best. This is uh this was an incredible conversation and, and interview and whatever. Uh, thank you. I really appreciate it, Rob. My pleasure, brother. All right, Take buddy. care. Talk to you All soon. Right. See ya.